This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Anyway, tonight we're going to be looking at some, some uh, things about basic faith. Let me see exactly what I called my title. The title is Basic Understanding of Spiritual Laws. Basic Understanding of Spiritual Laws. And I think we're probably going to see some things tonight that a lot of you have never seen, never heard of, said the Bible, never thought of. But until you get these spiritual laws established in your heart and cooperate with them in your life, you're never going to make it as a Christian to get much victory. I want to start off with Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And if you've got a marker, you might want to keep it handy because we're going to keep coming back to Romans chapter 10. But this is where we start off at. And you know, I want to say something again about the Bibles. And I know a lot of you look at it on your cell phone and stuff like that, etc., etc. But you need to get a real Bible made out of paper that's on a page. Because there's things your real Bible could do for you you can't get off the cell phone or off an iPad. I know a lot of preachers use them, everything like that's everybody's business. But with a real Bible, when you're reading it, you can make marks in it. You can write on the side of it. And you keep your real Bible for years and years and years and years. And I don't know about you, but I know about me. When God talks to me from the Bible, I never forget it. It becomes real to me. But sometimes it slips from my mind. And a year or two later... I'll be reading my Bible again. I'll be in a chapter over here. Now, the next page, I'll see some red lines up there. What's that over there? I look over there, and I'll see I wrote on there April the 4th, 2018. And then I'll put a little note there what that meant to me. And all of a sudden, it gets alive in me again. I thought, oh, wow, that started slipping. Now I remember that again. But if I get on my iPhone, I'm not going to see that note. That's not going to happen again. And also, what's happened to me many times with a real Bible in my hands I've heard the pastor preaching or somebody else up there talking. I'm reading what to follow along with them. And all of a sudden, something on the next column jumps off at me. And I tune out the preacher then because God starts talking to me the Word of God. It's not wrong to tune out the preacher if God starts talking to you from another page. But if all you are is on your iPhone, who knows? Maybe some kind of a, a goofy advertisement will pop up all of a sudden. And I think, oh man, do I want to buy that or not? And then ten minutes later, he decided, I don't want to buy that. But what did he say? And then you're the one that leaves. It says, boy, the pastor was kind of dry that one day. I didn't get anything. Did you? <laughs> Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now listen to this. Because the Lord spoke to this to me all day yesterday. I thought about it all night. I thought about it this morning. I thought, man, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? But I'll show you where we're going with this. He says, this is Paul talking. And how many know that Paul was number one? He was a Jew. And then he got born again, so he's a born again Christian. And so he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they might be saved. He was raised in the Jewish religion. His family were Jewish. His brethren were Jewish. Everybody knew was Jewish people. And when I read that, I thought about me. When I got born again, I come from a family of alcoholics. And crooks and bad people. When I got born again, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the samples family that they might be saved. Because all of a sudden I saw that all the different, <laughs> I can't get on buddy trails, it lasts too long, I say, but all of a sudden all the stories I heard from my uncles, my dad, about all the people they beat up, about all the trouble they started, 
how many times they outrun the law, and how many times, well, don't worry about it, my, my, my so-and-so, he knows the judge. Well, don't worry about it. We know the detective or the case there. Hey, we'll take care of him. We'll go. And I remember one time I got in trouble, and I rode downtown in a friend of my dad's police car, went into the judge's chambers, took care of my business, and didn't even have to go to the judge. And so all of a sudden, all that goofy stuff I heard about wasn't important when I got born again. My heart's desire and prayer to God was that the samples might be saved. They might be delivered. And I'm telling you, if you're, if you're a real born-again Christian tonight, that's your heart's desire. You want people saved, number one. You don't want them to make a million dollars. You don't care how many ball games they win. You don't care how many hits they get on Facebook. Your number one heart's desire is you want people saved. Okay. And so then what I'm looking at here, this is how this turned this around for a pastor. Now, as a pastor's heart, here's my desire for the people that allow me to be their pastor where I speak into their lives is this. I bear them record. I talk about Christians that sit under my, sit under my ministry. I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Of course, he's talking about Jews thinking they still live by the Jewish laws. I'm talking about as a pastor saying Christians, they always want to get something done for God. They're on fire for God, but they try to do it the wrong way. This describes a lot of believers. And so when I first got saved, it took me a lot of years to find out how to really start getting results that God wanted. I, I was on fire. I preached to everything that moved, anything that didn't move. I tried to make it move so I could preach to it. I'd preach at the drop of the hat. I got a hat and dropped it so I could preach. Amen. <laughs> I, I was on fire and I've kept that fire, except that now I've learned how to channel the fire. I've learned how to do what God wants me to do. And so if you're going to do anything significant for Jesus, you've got to have zeal. You never lose your zeal. Never lose your fire. Always stay fired up. If people call you radical fanatical, say, glory to God, hallelujah. I'll go to your goofy ball games and you guys paint yourself up and get purple hair and jump around and do all the stuff you do like that. You're a radical fanatical for what you believe in. Nobody gets offended. Why do you get offended? Because I'm radical fanatical for something that changed my life and get me to heaven. Hey, man, we got to be on fire. And so we got to stay excited. you got to have that fire burning in your heart to recognize that your world is bigger than your four no more. There's people around you. There's people in your past. There's people in your family. There's people you meet casually as you're out dining or as you're at the supermarket or wherever you're at the ball games that are sitting right beside you just crying out for answers in life, and you've got the answers. Amen. But... If you want God to use you, number one, you yourself have got to get help. Your life's got to be changed. I mean, even when you're a mess, you can witness. But how much better of a witness when you got delivered out of your mess? And you tell them, I used to be like you, but here's what happened to me. And when they listen to you because you got you used to live where they lived at, and you got victory, then you've got something to help them with. Amen? <clears throat> but you must learn, cooperate with God's ways of doing things, on earth. Now, I want to look at verse 2 and verse 3 again, and I paraphrase this of how I see it as a pastor. Many believers, verse 2, are excited about the relationship with Jesus, but not according to Bible knowledge. They, being ignorant of God's ways, go about doing things their own way, not being submitted to God's ways, as is written in the Bible. As is written in the Bible. And you know, there's one thing that... Uh, 
You know, I, I live in the 21st century with all of you. I know what Facebook is. I know what the blogs are. I know what the news is. I see the shape of America. I see the shape of the body of Christ. I see the, see the shape of the world. Standards change in the world from day to day. They never go up. They always go down. <clears throat> Whatever people see, what's right, then you get some politician or some educator tells them, well, not anymore. Here's what's right now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible standards have never changed. God's ways have never changed. We may live in this century, but one day, everyone in here is going to be in eternity. That's a different realm. That's a different, that's a different zone. What are two places you're going to live at? Your spirit lives forever. You're either going to live in hell or you're going to live in heaven. One place you're going to go to. But the thing is, Jesus said that in the times we live in on earth, Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when you read about heaven, people aren't up in heaven fighting about who Jesus is. They're not fighting about a better way to sin. They're not fighting about how, about how to sue somebody. They're not fighting to be healed of cancer. They're not fighting to be healed from sexually transmitted diseases. In heaven, they've got one thing goes on. They worship Jesus, and people love each other, and they live, they, they live in joy forever and ever and ever and ever. And Romans 14, 17 says this, says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so we can have righteousness, be it right with God, be it right for fellow man, at peace and joy down here on earth now, because Jesus said that's his will to be done on earth is in heaven. Amen? Amen? And so that's God's ways. And so people are going about trying to do things their ways, that they're going to get God's results. You can't do it your way and get God's results. I know that uh, when I was younger, there's two famous people, really two of the most famous people in America. They both had the same song they loved. Had they both died in not very good ways. One's name was Frank Sinatra. One of his main theme songs was "I Did It My Way," and I remember when that guy died, they bragged about his casket. Said he had a, bat, a, a, a fifth of Jack Daniels laid beside him under one arm, and a Storm King lighter set and a pack of Cavalry cigarettes on the other side. With that dead body lay there, did it his way. And then another guy was Elvis. And you know, there's a good chance Elvis was born again, but he didn't die a pleasant death. They did it their way. Write this verse down for the sake of time. I don't want to go to it, but I'll give it to you. Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man. But then there are the ways of death. There's a way that seems right. And so what I want to say about that verse is this. For what as, as a people of God that don't want to be ignorant, but want to know His ways to get His results in our lives. Because 30 Proverbs 14, 12 says, the ways that seems right to a man. It's talking about an unsaved man. And so unsaved people live in the mental realm only and know nothing of spiritual laws. How many know that? Unsaved people, because they don't know really the spiritual realm exists, all they know is goofy, spooky stuff they watch on TV. You know? I don't even know what this show, The Walking Dead, is, but I know for a while, it seemed like every time I turned around, I was getting blitz stuff coming across my phone about The Walking Dead, Series 2 or Series something. Walking Dead, new episodes like that. The whole world is Walking Dead till they're born again. I lived among the Walking Dead before I was born again. I didn't get good results. 
There was ways that seemed right to me. Because my dad told me they were right. And my dad wasn't saved. My brothers that were saved told me it was right. My truck driving friends I worked with that were saved told me it was right. But every one of them ended in disaster. I got born again. And I had Bible preachers and teachers that really lived for God, read the Bible, and they showed me what was right. And all my truck driving friends and my family gave me the boot. You know why they did? Because I wasn't throwing up with them anymore. I wasn't hung over anymore. I wasn't getting even with people anymore. I was loving all the different races of the world. I didn't see color anymore. All I saw was people. All I saw was people. I saw people. I saw two kinds of people. I started seeing through the eyes of God. Through the eyes of God, God only sees two people. He either sees saved or unsaved. He either sees they're born again and going to heaven or they're not. I started seeing through God's eyes. And so my parents, my family, my center truck driver friends, the people I used to hang around with, I didn't desert them. They deserted me. Because I was still the same one as I always was, except on this side I changed. I didn't talk the same way. When we had the bad conversations going on around me, I didn't join in anymore. I remember when I first got saved, they thought they was making jokes, but always I'd say, uh-huh. what are you doing? You going to a Bible study? I said, yeah. I said, oh. Uh, hey, hey, what are you doing this Sunday? You know, this is going on, that's going on. You're, what, what are you going to do, Mr. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes? You're going to church? I said, yeah. Then, oh. <laughs> Things changed. I didn't desert them. They deserted me. But guess what? Their ways were leading to death. I got off a death row. Hey, man. I got my name written in the last book of life. <laughs> and so, unsaved people operate in the mental realm only. If they can figure it out and reason it out and say, man, well, this has got to get good results. But the good results, it gets only temporary results. It ends up turning on them. And so when we ask Jesus into our hearts, by the way, how many here have asked Jesus into your heart? 100%, I hope. Amen. And when you ask Jesus into your heart and become a new creature in Christ, there's a cry in your heart to want to know God better. Amen? Amen. When you pray... Uh, so many times it just feels, it just feels like nothing's happening. But Jesus lives on the inside. And so it's not a feeling, it's a knowing. And so when you're praying, words are coming out of your mouth, when you're talking to the one that actually lives on the inside of you. We're praying towards heaven, because we know God's thrones in heaven, that's where they're seated, but the Holy Spirit's in our heart. And so when we're praying, that peace comes in our heart. Not to our surroundings all around us, but in our heart, there's a heart's cry that we want to know God better. We want to please Him. We want to see Him use us to get people's lives changed. And all the time, we want to learn and know it better what pleases Him. I know this morning, I was on my knees praying. I'm just thanking the Lord for my life as a believer, number one. Because if you're going to be a good preacher for Jesus, you ought to be a believer preaching. That knows Jesus. And I said, Lord, I want to thank you for all the things I've learned these past 38 years about you. I want to thank you for the things I've learned this past 30-some years preaching, pastoring, knowing people. And I said, Lord, when I go to preaching tonight to the people you sent to our church, I want to thank you. You're going to use me with what I've learned 
to say it in terms they can get it where it will help them to be able to get victory in their lives so they can be good witnesses to their family. And the ones that have still serious problems, addictions, and things going on, it's got a hold on them. Lord, I want to thank you. I'm going to say things that will wait tonight that will show them how to get out of that mess, how to live for you. But Lord, I want to keep on growing. I want to keep on learning. So that's where I live at. And so, uh, to, understand, to understand God's ways, you've got to understand His spiritual laws. And I, w- I want you to look, I want to show you a couple of things. We're going to be talking about spiritual laws. I want you to look at Romans, or Genesis. Keep your place there in, in Romans. But go to uh, Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. And I want to show you something. We're going to look at verse 22. Genesis 8, verse 22. And this is a natural law that God put in the earth and is still going today. This is right after Noah's, after the flood of Noah's day. Then God told Noah this, while the earth remaineth, is the earth still here? It still remaineth. So God says, as long as there's still an earth, there's going to be seed time and harvest. That's a natural law, seed time and harvest. I told Mrs. Pastor, we'd pull out of the driveway to come to church. What are those flowers called we got? Irises. We've got these really, really, really beautiful irises all over the place. We plant them all over our yard. Side of our house, we got plum trees. All of our irises are great big and purple right now. I mean, they are so beautiful, but they're temporary. But some of those were transplanted from my mom's garden back in Indiana years ago. My mom probably had them there for 50 years. And then on a trip years ago back to Indiana, we... Got some of them, brought them back and planted them. But that's called seed time and harvest. Those irises are beautiful. They're planted, they grow. That's a natural law that God made. It's a law of nature God made called seed time and harvest. So he said, as long as there's here, going to be seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. That's laws of nature that God put in motion. Those laws are still going. Now I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6. How many believe in that law of seed time and harvest? Hey, man, you can see it every day. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 8. Galatians 6, verse 7 and verse 8. And I really hope you're taking notes. If you don't, at least listen to it on the internet later. But uh, this will really change your life. By the time this is over tonight, if you really listen closely, this will change your life forever and ever. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8, Paul said this, and this is a spiritual law, but it's so similar to this natural law. God said, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall also reap. See that law of sowing and reaping again? This is a spiritual law now. It says, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. I'll give you an example. If you sow alcohol and drugs and sexual looseness or whatever they call it, I don't know what they call it now. You know, now, now they make it legal so you can do whatever you want to do, but it's still, it violates God's laws. If you go around having sex with whoever you want to, whatever you want to, you smoke all kinds of stuff, put it in your lungs, even if they say it's legal. If you take dope and do things to abuse your body, you're sowing to your flesh. What are you going to reap? Corruption. 
You're going to reap all kinds of diseases. Your body's going to go haywire and wacky because you put wrong stuff into it. They used to call it wacky tobacco. You did buy back in those days. That's what they used to call marijuana in Indiana was wacky tobacco. I forgot about that. But anyway, you know, you sow bad stuff to your flesh. He says you reap corruption. And so you can't say bad. They just got bad luck. Look at, look at, look what happened. They got bad luck. Look at all those diseases they got. What bad luck? They caused it to happen because they violated spiritual laws. They sowed it. They reaped it. Then you got somebody else. It says you sow the spirit. You reap life everlasting. And so you live right. You do your best to treat people right. You do your best to live for God right. And we don't know nobody's perfect except Jesus. But when you make mistakes, you're willing to admit it. You know, if you did something to offend a brother or sister, you're willing to come and, hey man, I did wrong. I shouldn't have said that to you. I treated you wrong. I did wrong. As long, you're living right, then the Bible says you're going to reap everlasting life. That means the Holy Spirit's anointing is going to be on your life. And things are going to go well for you. Doesn't mean you won't be attacked sometimes. But you'll get the attacks off. You'll be able to cause things in your life to come to pass from the law of sowing and reap because it's a spiritual law. And so God put these spiritual laws into effect in the spiritual realm just like he did the natural realm. And I'm, I'm going to read some a little bit of definition here about these laws. And you can probably get it off the CD because for time I can't keep going over this. But spiritual laws operate similar to natural laws. The laws of physics, laws of uh, science, gravity, and just all the different kind of laws there are, mathematical laws. And here's what that means. Natural laws, under the same conditions, will produce the same results every time without variation. Natural laws, under the same conditions, produce the same results every time without variation. I'll give you a couple examples. How many... When you went to school, had to learn mathematical laws. You know, I don't know how they do it now. It's been a lot of years since I've been to school. But I know back when I did it, back when some of my kids were in school, we had these things called math cards, or what are they called, the little cards? Flash cards. And we held it to the front of the kid like this, and it had two plus two, and on my side it said four, so I knew what the answer was. <laughs> or it said three times three, and equals nine. Well, guess what about that law? Three times three equals nine. Yeah, you didn't do good in math, so you let me preach. That's why I do the checkbook. Okay. No, so what I'm saying, think about those mathematical laws. Back in the 50s and the 60s when I was in school, they told me three times three equals nine. Well, guess what? If I'm doing my checkbook today, three times three still equals nine. If there's rockets, rocket scientists figured up rocket equations to send rockets into outer space, they still use three times three. It equals nine just as much now as it did back in school in the 50s. That's a mathematical law. It never changed. When you're bouncing your checkbook, if you bounce your checkbook, I know I won't go down that road, but some people say, what's a checkbook? I just, bad, I just give them my card until it bounces. Well, praise the Lord. That's why your spiritual life bouncing too, because you just try to give them the card with your bankrupt in spiritual faith. But anyway, mathematical laws always work the same under all conditions all the time. Okay, now, another law is the law of gravity. The law of gravity can work for your good, or the law of gravity can work against you. You violate the law of gravity, fall off a building, 
You know, unless the blessing of God's on you, man, something's going to break. But at the same time, the law of gravity will pull water down a hill. If you've got a bucket down there, you can catch the water to drink it. You know, the law of gravity is law of gravity. The law of gravity always works. If something's, if something's up in the air, unless it's attached to something, it's going to fall. The law of gravity is always sucking everything down, always sucking everything down to the center of the earth. If an apple's on a tree and it breaks loose, it doesn't just float in the air. You're like, well, look at that apple, it's floating. That's only if you're in a rocket ship where there's no law of gravity. But the law of gravity pulls that apple down that's on the ground. And so the law of gravity always works. And so we're heading to a place to help you see how spiritual laws works. A basic understanding of spiritual laws. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. It says, where is boasting then is excluded? By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. There's a spiritual law that the Bible calls the law of faith. The law of faith, when you learn how to operate the law of faith, it'll work the same every time, no matter who you are, where you live, how much money you have or don't have, whatever status of life you are in society, the law of faith will work for everybody. It always works the same every time without variation. That's the law of faith. Now I want to look at some things about the law of faith. And we're going to see some things that will change your life. I want you to look at Romans chapter 10. Where your marker is. And look at verse 17. Romans 10. Verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so with the law of faith, hearing God's word will always produce faith in the heart of a believer. Hearing God's word will always produce faith in the heart, heart of a believer. This is part of how the spiritual law of faith works. So I want to say this, to say that, okay, if you're bouncing your checkbook, and you're trying to take a $20 bill of a $10 balance, you're going in the hole. Amen. If you're trying to walk on water, and your name's not Jesus, and Jesus didn't tell you to walk on water, you're going down, you better know how to swim. You can't violate the law of gravity unless God specifically has you doing something to do something different. Okay, now I said that to say this, the law of faith, how many saw that in your Bible says a thing called the law of faith? How did verse 17 say that you get faith? Okay, let me tell you what it didn't say. It did not say faith cometh by praying. You can pray all you want to. You can pray till your face turns blue. You're not going to get faith by praying. Faith is communicating with God. Faith is talking to God. But for God to talk to you, you've got to hear the word of God. That's how you get faith. If you need faith for healing, you better be sitting under somebody that teaches healing from the Bible. You better buy some books like we have at the bookstore that tells you things about healing. I know personally what I do, I do all those things, plus I, my favorite Bible teachers in heaven, I was named Kenneth E. Hagin. I myself listen to Kenneth E. Hagin almost day and night teaching healing.
one of the greatest healing teachers I ever knew. Why is that? I got a serious diagnosis a few months ago. So I'm not playing games. I don't play games with it. I study books like these right here. I study my Bible every day. I listen to these tapes every day off of YouTube. Matter of fact, it's easy to do now. Just flip it on YouTube. And because if you don't want to watch it, you just flip your phone upside down like you listen to an audio tape. And I listen to that. Why is that? Because I am going to cooperate with the law of faith. I need faith to live for a long time. I need faith to be around for a long time to get to be a grandpa to my grandkids. I need faith to be able to teach my kids things as an older man that's learned a lot. I can teach you more if I live a long time. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ have what I need, what I have to give them, and so I need to live a long time. And so I cannot violate spiritual laws to be able to do what God wants me to do. And so, number one step to the law of faith, faith cometh by hearing. And so I'm telling you right now, whatever your need is in life, if you're addicted, then you better start reading some scriptures about being free in Christ, how to get free. If you're having trouble in your marriage, you better be reading some books that teach from the Bible about marriage. You better read some marriage scriptures of the Bible. If you're having trouble on your job getting along with people, you better find some scriptures of the Bible teaching you about how to love, forgive, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, how to be a blessing to people. You won't have faith to turn the other cheek if you don't get it from the Bible. You won't have faith to love your wife like Christ loved the church if you don't get it from the Bible. You will not have faith to submit to your, goof, submit to your goofball husband, ladies, if you don't get it from the Bible. If, if, if I tell the truth, if I preach it real good or what? Amen. I'm telling you, this spiritual law of faith, number one, you're not going to get faith by crying. And let me tell you something else, too. You're not going to get faith by trials. Oh, God must want me to have this to build my faith. John 10, 10 is in the Bible also, spiritual law. The thief comes up for to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes for you to have enjoy life. That's John 10, 10. Have and enjoy life. You're not having to enjoy life if you're dying young. You're not having to enjoy life if your kids are off doing wrong things that are addicted to everything. That's not God teaching you something. That's the devil trying to make your life miserable. Amen. If the Bible would have said that faith comes by trials, guess what? The whole world would have super faith. How many here have never had a trial? <laughs> You've never had a trial? Wow, boy, you're awesome, lady. <laughs> I know, I know what you meant. No, what I'm saying is this. How, how many here, how many here have ever heard, how many here have ever heard the religious demon use a Christian's mouth to tell somebody else, God put that on you to give you faith. Oh, God must love you more. He's having you go that to have you faith. But guess what? That that violates what the Bible says is the law of faith. It says faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. That violates the law. You know what that's doing? Well, I th- you know what? I've only got $99 in my checkbook, but I'm going to take a chance. I'll get paid to get a week from Friday. I'm going to go ahead and write this for $5 over. Only cost a little over $99. I get that thing for, for $104. I get that. You just violated the mathematical law. And you know what that thing costs you now? When the bank gave you whatever it is now for a bounce check charge, $45 bounce check charge, and another $2 a day in fees, well, guess what? That $99 just cost you big time because you violated that law. You didn't do it right. 
When you violate the laws of faith, you go down. Amen. Now I want you to look. I want you to look while we're on the same page right here at verse 9 and verse 10. Let's, let's actually let's go verse 8 through 10. It says this, But what saith it? Now look at this. The word, talk about the word of God, is nigh you, is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. It says God's word needs to be in your mouth as well as in your heart. It says that is the word of faith which we preach. By the way, people wonder what kind of church we are. We're called non-denominational, but specifically our word of faith church. Why are we a word of faith church? Because Paul said, when we're preaching faith, we're preaching the word of faith. We're a word of faith church. It says this, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. Now look at this. This is the law of faith and action. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, Part of the law of faith also, number one, comes by hearing the Word of God. Number two, for the law of faith to work in your life, comes by confessing and acting on God's Word that you heard. All produces results. When you confess and act on the Word of God that you've heard, it'll always produce results. That's part of the law of faith. How many here know that for a person to get born again, number one, they got to hear the gospel one form or another, that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus died for your sins. And if you believe that, and ask Jesus into your heart, if you confess Jesus as Lord is your life, then you'll be saved. That's what it just said. That's the law of faith. Number one, when they heard about Jesus, faith coming to their heart. But then number two, it says it had to be in their heart and in their mouth. That confess him as Lord. That's the law of faith. Whatever it is you're going to receive from God for guaranteed results, you've got to have the Word of God on healing in your heart and in your mouth. Confession is made unto your healing. If you want free from poverty and lack, that's why we make that financial faith confession over our tithes and offerings every service. For people to get out of debt and be freed, number one, they need to be delivered for God. Then number two, they need to be tithers and givers. But then number three, he says that word needs to be in your heart and in your mouth. That's why we confess we're out of debt. We get blessed. Blessings are coming in the mail. Blessings are coming every day. Everywhere we go, good things are happening for us. Surprises in the mail. Bonuses. Raises. What are we doing? We're believing in our heart and life with the Bible. We're saying modern words the way we said in our talk today. In other words, that's the New Living Translation. Bonuses. Promotions, royalties, gifts. None of that stuff is asking it out of line with God's word. That's the law of faith. It says what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, confession is made unto what is your belief for. Can you see that? That's the Bible. That's what the Bible says. I want, I want to show you another thing here in Romans chapter 8. And this is where the rubber really meets the road for where we live at. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. You may have heard these verses. You may not have. But I will guarantee you, if you're listening, Jesus said, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. 
list on the inside of you and your spirit where the Holy Spirit is, God's going to say something right now that's going to change your life forever. He said, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That means to be born again, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse two says this. Now we're talking about spiritual laws again. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Two more spiritual laws. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that's where we live in the spiritual realm in Christ Jesus. We live in Christ. Christ lives in us. So that puts us in a different arena than unsaved people. He says there's a law of sin and death. And to me, the law of sin and death is like the law of gravity. The law of sin and death is always pulling you down, sucking you down, pulling you down, sucking you down. Always wanting you to do wrong. And when you yield to the law of sin and death, you're, you're yielding to addictions. You're yielding to poverty. You're yielding to depression. You're yielding to sickness and disease. You're yielding to marital troubles. You're yielding to job troubles. The law of sin and death is out there. Just like the law of gravity, you can't do anything about the law of gravity. All you can do is learn how to have the law of gravity work for you. But then the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is like an airplane. How many know there's no way that a dead airplane can fly? They don't have motors, they go down. But there's a thing, there's an aeronautical law called the law of lift and the law of thrust. Law of gravity is still working all the time, but the law of lift takes them up above it. Gravity is still pulling, but the law of lift is a greater law that overcame it. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a greater law than the law of sin and death. And we learn to cooperate with the spiritual law of life in Christ Jesus. We can overcome the law of sin and death, of the sickness and disease that's all around us of the horrible things all around us in life. You know, stop to think about it. You're in a traffic jam in L.A. And you see how horrible the traffic is. Like, man, I wish I could get there. I wish I could get there. And you look up in the sky, and an airplane doesn't care about the traffic. Man, they're going hundreds of miles an hour, and they're going to get to where they go up. No Because you know why? They went up above this law of gravity. They got up above it all, and they soared. And so all around us, you know, as a matter of fact, the Psalms 91 said this, said a thousand may fall at my left hand, ten thousand by right hand, but it'll not come nigh me. So we cooperate with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and we overcome a lot of these things going on around us. And so I, I just want to show you, just in closing, the verse we just looked at again. I want to go back to chapter 10. And the law of faith will connect us with the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus to overcome the law of sin and death. And it works this way. Verse 9. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, not your head, that God raised the dead, you're saved. And so we know that works, don't we? Amen? Okay. For with the heart... Man believeth. With the heart, man believeth. With the heart, 
man believeth. When you got born again, Jesus moved into your heart, not your head. Your head stores natural facts. Your head reasons things out. Your head thought, your head looks at, for example, if it's a medical diagnosis, your head looks at natural facts and figures out, wow, wow, wow. Doctors give you the facts. But then in your heart, Jesus gives you the faith. It says man believes in his heart. In the natural, in financial things, in the natural world, finances may say, you're going bankrupt, you're going under, you can never make it, all these things are against you. But then when you're a tither and you're walking with God, and you see in the Word of God that God says, I'll open the windows of heaven. Pour my blessing upon you, not interrupt to receive them. God says, I'll supply all of your need according to my riches in glory. Well, your head says no, but your heart says yes. Because Jesus lives in your heart, and Jesus says yes. Okay, now it's one thing to have faith in your heart, but faith in your heart not acted upon will get no results. So he says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, or with the heart man believeth unto healing, or with the heart man believeth unto deliverance from addictions, with the heart man believeth for the wayward child to come home, with heart man believeth for the marriage to be restored, with heart man believeth to be delivered, Whatever it is that the Bible promises you, number one, you've got to believe in your heart. And then it says, and with the mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto deliverance from bankruptcy. Confession is made unto restoration, whatever it is. Just, we're closing it down. That, that, that confession right there comes from a Greek word called homologia. Homologia. And homologia means to say the same as. To say the same as. And so what he's saying right here, when you're saying the same, because he said the words near you in your mouth and in your heart, you're saying the same as the word says. If the word says, by Jesus' stripes I am healed, then you're saying the same as the word says, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. Your head says, no way. Your heart said, yes, there is a way. The Bible says, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation comes to another Greek word, soteria. Soteria doesn't just mean born again. It includes born again. But soteria means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, soundness, health, soundness, sound mind. Your mind working right. Your heart working right. Your life working right. Delivered. Safe. Prosperous. Healthy. But get this. Understanding basic principles laws. Think about the law of Genesis. Sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap. The law of faith comes by hearing. Get it in your heart, in your mouth. The law of faith will not fully work just by hearing. It's got to be by speaking. you got to speak it. you got to speak it. you got to speak it. And so... For me, I don't have to do mathematical flashcards anymore because i got a calculator. <laughs> but, but, I'm still using the same flashcards I've used for 38 years. I'm still using faith books. I'm using the Bible. I'm confessing under, I'm confessing under prosperity. 
I confess it unto healing. I confess in all my family serving God. I confess in my church doing what God wants it to do. I've confessed what the Bible says. And how do I know it's going to work? Three times three still equals nine. You plant irises from Indiana and California dirt, they still grow. That's laws God set into motion. The law of faith always works. That's called understanding basic spiritual laws. Amen. You do these things, they'll always work because God's the one to set them in motion. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. And now there's, a, there's another spiritual law that Jesus told us about. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's called the law of contact and transmission. <clears throat> when you get a person that needs God's healing power in their bodies, when you have a person that's full of the Holy Spirit, lay hands on them, come into contact with their body, the anointing from God flows through that person into that body, Jesus is the one that told us about that. He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so if you're sick, we want to pray for you. Anything else you need, we want to pray for you. And I'll tell you what, Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus loves you more than you'll ever know on this side of heaven. But he wants to help you. So if you need anything, come up here. We want to pray for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.